Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The Super Bowl teams are all set. It's going to be Rams and Patriots. How we get there? With two conference finals that had it all. I mean all. Chills, thrills, and blown calls. Edge of your seat excitement. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. Well, like I said, folks, I mean, this football weekend was just tremendous. Like when I said chills, thrills, blown calls, it had everything. To me, it was a perfect football Sunday. Why? Why were these games so perfect? Because they were imperfect. It had everything. Great plays, great drama, great intensity, and mistakes, and screw-ups by the officials. It had everything. It gave you, it, so it's giving you controversy. It's giving you everything. But the bottom line is your L.A. Rams and your New England Patriots are going to the big show. They're going to Super Bowl 53 down in Hotlanta, Georgia. And I, 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 listen— I did not have a horse in this race, dog in the fight, uh, whatever you want to call it. I didn't have one of my teams playing in there, my team playing in there, none of that. And I think because of that, it just made it for just an absolute enjoyable day to watch. Day and night. Day turned into night. I didn't want it to end because I wasn't, listen, obviously if you're a Saints fan today and if you're a um, a Chiefs fan, you know, you're heartbroken because you're not going forward. Your your season came to a crashing end. And and you know what? And in a lot of ways, losing – you know, only one team can win its finale. Only one team can win its finale, and that's in the Super Bowl. Otherwise, everybody else goes home with the loss. But I think for some people, losing the conference final is a real killer because if you lose the conference final, 
you're losing your chance to go to the Super Bowl. All right? You're losing that chance. And, uh, you know, Saints uh, go home to various places where they all respectively live, as uh, do the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But I will tell you, from a sheer, the fact that I didn't have a team in, like, you just didn't want it to end. That's how good. That's how just, it, it was just thrilling to me to watch. Everything about it. It had drama. Everything. But let's start, let, let, let me start with the Saints game. Saints and the Rams game. I mean, here you are in New Orleans, which is arguably... New Orleans might be the toughest place to play in the National Football League. And if it's not the toughest, it's got to be top two or three. I know Seattle is a killer place to play. It's loud. It's noisy. And for the teams going up there, you're going up to the great uh, Northwest. So it's a long trip besides. But New Orleans... I, I, it's it's loud. It's it's you got a great home field advantage. The Saints do in there, and you looked at that first quarter. I mean, the Saints were up by the score of thirteen to nothing in the first quarter. So whether it went to overtime or not, they were outscored the rest of the way. You know, twenty six to ten. The, the Jared Goff and the Saints just were to- looked totally discombobulated. They looked uncomfortable. Uh, they couldn't hear. Uh, it, it just, it. listen, I picked the Rams to win that game in an upset. And when I say upset, not a major upset. Listen, they were, the Saints were favored by three in that building, and basically they're favored by three just because you get the three points, the three point favorite shot because you had a home field. That's it. But I just thought, you know, I, I had liked the Rams going in, but after watching that first quarter, I says, whoa, man, maybe was I really thinking cockeyed? But it showed me something. And you know, you know, we kept hearing about, listen, it's Drew Brees, you know, uh, MVP candidate, you know, terrific, like fine wine, keeps getting better with age. You got Sean Payton, veteran, Super Bowl winning head coach going up against this young guy who's going to turn all of 32 or 33 years old this week. And Sean McVay. Well, let me tell you something. Jared Goff regrouped tremendously in that game. And Sean McVay, who was watching his team look ridiculous in that first quarter, also going down by 13 points, he held strong, stood tall, did not wince, did not whimper. Did not look disorganized. Stayed with it. 
Uh, I, I mean, Sean McVay is the real deal. The real deal. That was a very tough situation to be down 13 nothing in that building. Very, very difficult. You got to remember, the week before, what were they, um, you know, the, the Saints were losing in their own building to uh, the Eagles. What was it, like 14 nothing? But remember, the Saints were in their own building. So even though they had the deficit, they were coming back with the aid and support of their loud fan base in their own building. For the Rams, it was a different story in the Superdome because the Rams were looking at the on the wrong end of a 13-0 score in enemy territory. And they came back and back and back. Now, let's get into the blown call. All right? Clearly, folks, it was a blown call. All right? You get no argument from me uh, on on that third down play uh, late in uh, the game. No argument whatsoever. None. It was pass interference, helmet to helmet, whatever you want to call it, on um, uh, on the Rams. No ifs, ands, or buts. Except one. You cannot assume. You cannot assume anything. Just because it was a bad call and just because they would have maintained control of the ball, you don't know what would have happened. You just don't know. And I said this on the air earlier this week. Here's why you don't assume things. Go go some years back. One of the announcers calling the game was a guy by the name of Tony Romo, who, by the way, is growing on me. I think he he does a really good job. But Tony Romo was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and Bill Parcells was his head coach. It's a playoff game. Tony Romo had to just hold an extra point. It got muffed. The extra point got muffed. Don't assume anything. As Felix Unger of the great odd couple with Oscar Madison would say, you never assume anything. Because when you assume, split up the words. The word, you make an ass out of you and me. So don't assume anything. Now, having said that, I get Sean McVay being pissed off. Being freaking miserable. being I, I understand him feeling he was robbed. I do get it. I get it 100%. But here's why I can't say automatically, you know, that's the only reason they lost the game. Because the question that I had... And I had it at 158 left in the game. 
Saints ball. Saints ball at the Rams' 13-yard line. In that 13-yard line. 158 left in the game. You got the ball on first down. So let's let's look at this scenario, folks. You have the ball on enemy ter- in enemy territory at the 13-yard line. You 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 want to get yourself in line for the game winner of regulation. It's going to be it. It's going to be a grand slam home run for you. You're going to set yourself up to score. Game's going to be over. One At 158, and you're in there. Not only are you in their territory, you're right there. Point blank range from 13 yards out. So you have the advantage of field position. You have the advantage of possession of the ball. You have first down. And you have the clock with 158 working in your favor. Because all you got to do is work on the clock and score. And you're in like Flint. You're in, baby, in. What does Sean Payton, a veteran, veteran coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, what does Sean Payton do? He throws on first down. I mean, he throws on first down. The last thing from a Saints perspective that you wanted to do was not use up some of the clock. The very last thing that you didn't want to happen was an incomplete pass. Because by an incomplete pass, you do the Rams a giant size favor of stopping the clock. Giant size favor of stopping a clock. Actually, Romo said it right away. Why throw the ball? Why throw the ball? Because if you throw the ball, okay, remember, subsequently, when, the, when after they would kick their field goal, there was a buck 41 left in the game. After the Saints would kick their field goal to go up, there was a buck 41 left in the game. Buck 41. So let's think about this a second. Suppose, just suppose, they didn't throw the ball. Suppose they ran once. Suppose they ran twice. Suppose they ran three times. Then kick a field goal. How much time would they have had left in a game uh, to give the ball to the Rams? I'd say less than a minute. And the Rams would not have had any timeouts. Because the Rams would have had to have been stopping the clock. So the Rams would have gotten the ball. And they would have had to go a long way with no timeouts left. 
They could afford to complete passes and bounds. It, 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 what I'm saying is, what was Sean Payton thinking? So Sean Payton did not help himself. Not one bit. I I just, sorry folks, I don't understand. I really, really don't understand that logic of not running on first down. He threw a pass to Michael Thomas into the ground. It didn't work. Then it was a timeout. Then he has Alvin Kamara run around then, no gain there. And then it was the play where the, the pass interference wasn't called. Okay? Now, I get Sean Payton being pissed off. I, I, I get his immense frustration. For crying out loud, I would have been frustrated. How could you not be? I get the whole mess. Really. Everything about it. But then in the post game, I don't see anybody asking Sean Payton about, okay, we get it. You got screwed. Officials told you they blew the call. The league office was on the phone with you, told you they blew the call. I get it. But what were you thinking? Really, Sean, what were you thinking? Tell me. And how come nobody asked Sean Payton, what were you thinking? Why would you not run the ball? You had everything on your side. And you know what? The story is not that call, and nobody's asking about it. And the following day, and, you know, everybody's talking about the blown call, the blown this, the blown that. I got people asking me um, this week, oh, Rush, should they be um, being able to challenge penalties or not? Come on, folks. If we start challenging penalties, the games will be 10 hours long. Yes, it was a blown call. But you know what? It was also a blown decision by Sean Payton. That's not the only reason they lost the game was because of the blown call. Because you know what? If he's running the ball, maybe you don't even you don't even have to get to the blown call if you just run the ball. Because the last thing you wanted to do was an incompleted pass. The last thing you wanted to do was an incompleted pass. Because you don't know whether it was a good call or a bad call. You know, passing the ball opens it up for being a stoppage of the clock. Because if the ball hits the ground, it's stoppage of the clock. The last thing they wanted to do. But the reason it's not the main story on his calls was because the sexy call, the controversial call, the call that's going to get headlines from even people who don't follow football. Oh, did you hear, Russ, what about that call? Or people, the water coolers in the office, people who don't follow football, no football from a, a, a golf ball. 
It's all going to be about the call because it's the controversial. It makes makes it sexy. It's like news today. What sells better, good stories or bad stories? Be it politics, murders. It just that's it. I feel terrible for the the the, the New Orleans Saints. I get it. I get, I, I understand their frustration. I understand the whole thing. How long have you been covering sports or following sports, folks? Guys, gals, how long? For as long as you, you're watching or paying attention, I don't care if it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, blown calls. Blown calls by officials. It's all part of the game. It's all part of the game. It just is. And it's going to be. It's going to remain part of the game. We got to live with it. You know, we never, years and years ago, you know, you never. We, what would the, the the refs and the umps in all the sports or the you know were they all so much better? No, they weren't scrutinized with instant replay. The human eye is not as strong as the electronic eye. It just isn't. And, and proof of that, it, it, real proof of that was in the uh, Patriots game. How about that punt that certainly looked like it hit the hands of uh, Julian Edelman, picked up by a chief? Certainly looked that way. And how many different ways did we have to see it before... It was overruled that he didn't touch it. Was it his thumb? Maybe he grazed his foot. How many different ways? We don't have the benefit. When I say we, officials don't have the benefit of looking at every which way, from every which angle, for 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever the hell it is. It's a snap decision. Now, look. To me, I agree. It was a blown call. It's a bad call. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that that was the only reason that the Saints lost that game. I got to give full marks to a team that went in to enemy territory and came away with the victory. That's what the Rams did. And I'll tell you something else. For two weeks in a row, for two weeks in a row, teams went into that Superdome, which is a killer place to play, and this high-octane, high-octane, high-powered offense of the New Orleans Saints was held to 20 points by the Eagles in a win. Huh? And 23 points yesterday. 
So something wasn't right. Again, I understand the frustration, but just don't tell me that's the only reason they lost the game. Because it just wasn't. Awful call. And if it was my team, I'd want to be banging my head against the wall, ranting and raving. So I, I get Peyton's frustration, and I get the fans' frustration. But if we're going to be honest, folks, let's look in the mirror. One fifty-eight left on a clock, under the two minutes. So, un, the, so think about it. The two-minute warning was already gone. You have possession. You have field position. You have first down. You're on the opposing teams. You're on the Rams' 13-yard line. Why are you throwing a ball on first down? Made no sense to me. None whatsoever. Zero cents. All right? Zero cents. So the Saints are out, and the Rams are in. If you're a Rams fan, I congratulate you. If you're a Saints fan, I feel your frustration. But that's the deal, and it can't be changed now. But you can't look at it just the way you want to look at it. You have to look at it every which way. That's the fair way to look at it. If you if, if you if you t- take solace in the fact that you want to say it's only the rest fault that you lost the game, God bless you. Be my guest. Well, let's now talk about the unbelievable, the unbelievable game. I mean, can you imagine not one but two wild card finish, uh, wild uh, overtime finishes? But that unbelievable Kansas City game. Now Kansas City's at home, and they looked like they were going to get blown out in their own building. But they too regrouped. I mean. And then you got the young quarterback, Pat Mahomes. I mean, hit the first quarter, you know, it looked bleak there. And that was in their own building. But Mahomes showed what he was made of. But you were dealing with Bill Belichick. Tom Brady. They're going to their ninth Super Bowl together. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but nine. What I was watching from Brady to me was unbelievable. I I mean, there were so many things that were impressive to me, what he did. It it, it was just blowing me away. I mean, on that winning drive, he had 
what was it? Third and uh, third and ten from his own thirty-five. He completes a twenty. Third and ten. All right, third and ten. It's unbelievable. Third and ten, he completes a a uh, from his own thirty-five. He completes a twenty-yard pass to Julian Edelman. Again, same drive. Third and ten. Fifteen yards to Julian Edelman. Then another third and ten. It was fifteen yards to Gronkowski. The guy's got balls made of steel. Uh, he, he, he's just... It's amazing. Now, I will say this. Kansas City, who was up there in, amongst league leaders in sacks, they didn't touch him as far as, you know, that's the one thing, that's the one way, if you're going to ever beat Brady, you got to rough him up. Go ask the New York Giants how they beat them in not one, not two Super Bowls. They roughed them up. They roughed them up. But, you know, there, there were calls. We, call, we, we were talking about the rule in the, um, uh, you know, the ruling on uh, the Julian, Edel- Julian Edelman with the thumb on that punt, they got it right. There was uh, a, a roughing the passer call when Kansas City was winning at the time. It was 28-24. Uh, it was, I think it was, it was second and seven at like, their own New England's own twenty-seven or twenty-eight yard line, and Brady got was benefited by uh, a roughing the passer call, fifteen yards. So it goes from instead of being it then third and seven from his own twenty-five, it goes to first down at his own forty-three. The roughing the passer, you saw the roughing the passer play. It was non-existent. It was like playing patty cake, patty cake. It was non-existent. He didn't even touch his face mask, didn't touch his helmet, nothing. It was an awful call. An awful, awful call. It just was. It was an awful call. We can go back, folks, and nickel and dime, talk to a blue in the face about awful calls all the time. That is the nature of sports. It is. It's, it's just that is the nature of sports. It doesn't make it better. It's just that's the way it is. So, uh, to me, I don't want to let, and nor should you, let anything mar what you were able to see this past weekend. 
you saw not one but two great, great conference finals. And it made up for the week before because the week before, three to four games stunk. Stunk. Kansas City beating the Colts stunk. The the Rams beating uh, the Cowboys wasn't uh, anything of beauty. And the Patriots just embarrassing the Chargers. That was the worst game. So three of the four games stunk. But it was made up for this past weekend. You got two, two tremendous, tremendous games. So now you're going to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. You know, so far, what have they got? The Patriots as two-point favorites, I think. And you know what? Whatever happens in the game, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. Uh, Brady's special. I mean, he is the greatest of all time. And I am not a Patriots fan. I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not a. Uh, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Brady fan. But I admire what the Patriots have done and what Brady has done. And he's going to his ninth Super Bowl with Belichick. And if Belichick is not the best coach of all time. It's either him or Lombardi. I personally go for Lombardi, but that's just part of because I'm going back to my youth. I'm going back to watching Lombardi. You know, Lombardi took over Green, a Green Bay team that I think was 1-10-1 the year before. Next year, they were already winners. Following, following year, they were in the playoffs. So... He took a team and took the, that personnel and made them into winners. Then after he left with five championships, winning the first two Super Bowls, Lombardi uh, goes to uh, the Redskins. And I, I think they were seven and five and two, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he took the, 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 the Redskins to their first winning season. They hadn't won for 14 seasons prior to his arrival. Then, unfortunately, he died of cancer. So Lombardi's my guy for the best coach. But, you know, if you want to call it a toss-up, so be it. I don't mean to disparage Belichick or anything like that. But with uh, Brady, he's the man. (laughs) To me, there can be no doubt about it. And what impresses me I mean, he's still, you know, I heard him say, what would, what did he say? Like, he, he wanted to play, what did he say, last year or whenever? I could play till I'm 45 or whatever. I see him performing like that. There's no reason to say no. He still gets it done, and he continues to get it done with always the cast of characters changing. That's the amazing thing. So, just a great, great, uh, I thought it was a great weekend. Great weekend. And 
If I was you, folks, I would just sit back and enjoy what is coming up. Like, like I say, sports, it's not a perfect world in sports. There is human error involved. But sports is great entertainment. It's great theater. It is. And that's what sells. Entertainment and theater. It sells. And you weren't going to get any better entertainment and theater than what you got this past weekend in the NFL Conference Finals. Doesn't get any better than what we got to see this past weekend. So now we wait for February 3rd in Atlanta to see the L.A. Rams with their young quarterback, Jared Goff, and their young head coach, Sean McVay, taking on the greatest of all time, Tom Brady and his brilliant head coach, Bill Belichick. And right now, folks, that is a wrap on uh, on a show that I just love talking about because I, I just thought it was a spectacular football weekend. So I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this, and now I like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can let me know on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. On Facebook, you can also visit my website. Real simple, it's russsalzberg.com. My thanks to the big man who's always with me, Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, to Tim Einickel, my outstanding OG Podcast Network producer, 77 WABC Program Director Craig Schwab, 77 WABC Assistant Program Director Matt Dahl. Thanks to all of them. And last but certainly not least, thanks to you guys and gals out there, because without you guys and gals, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is Ira Salzberg saying bye-bye, so long, farewell. Let's get ready for Super Bowl 53. is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.